Hey, it's Pastor Ted Fabianic here from Faith Life Church in Melbourne, Australia. Welcome to our podcast. We pray that when you listen to this, you'll be inspired and blessed to reach the best things that God has for you. What I'm going to share is going to prepare you for 2023. God never does something without a preparation period. Even when God said to the children of Israel, you know, you're going to go across the promised land. He says, I want you to pull back, get ready for what I'm going to do. Because what happens in us is God, God's doing something because we're not ready, we miss it. And then we wait for the next big thing, okay? So we're going to start a series today. And it's going to teach you about the second coming of Christ. And he's going to teach you how hard you have to work not to go and be with him. You're going to learn that to live outside of grace takes more effort than living without grace. In today, when you look at the world, the world's scared. We're talking about doomsday. We're talking this and this and this. And what's interesting, the church, in some quarters of the church, the church is scared because they don't know what's happening. Jesus is coming back. Okay. Jesus is coming back. And he's coming back for you. And he's not coming back for a fearful church. He's not coming back to a church that needs rescuing. He's coming for a church that says, I am willing and I am ready. So you, what we want to do in these coming weeks is to get you second coming ready. You need to get second coming ready. You got to, when you hear the good, bad news on the television, you should smile and go, but I'm ready. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, hey, the inflation's going up. I'm ready. Fourth wave, COVID is coming. I'm ready. Mm. Petrol prices are going up. My car's ready. <laughs> Father, we just want to thank you right now in the name of Jesus We dedicate ourselves to you. Speak to us. Father, not just with intellectual knowledge, but with spiritual food. So, Father, we pray for a transformation right now in Jesus' name. Everybody said? Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Let me just show you something about God's Word. We're starting a series called Grace Arrived with Its Own Instructions, as in the days of Noah. I want you to understand, you need to understand this so that you can grow. When every time God introduces something, He defines it for you. You don't have to define. You don't have to define salvation. You do, so what, we, when grace arrived, it came with its own instructions. What happens is this, is when you try to receive something, that God has given, but you're using some other instructions, you miss it. The only way you can feel that God has disappointed you is that you've taken another method that what he's given you to get where you want to go. It is impossible to be disappointed by God. Yeah. Let me just read this good. God's marvelous grace has manifested in person, bringing salvation for everybody. So what we need to understand something, we're not waiting for grace. Grace has arrived. Past tense. 
if you do not understand your tenses, you're praying for the wrong thing. God, I'm praying for a healing. You don't pray for a healing, you receive the healing. You don't pray for salvation, you receive salvation. You don't pray to be loved, you receive love. Now watch this. So grace, God's marvelous grace. So just, just the first part there is worth noting. God's grace, not somebody else's grace. That is why when you read the scripture, Paul is so adamant that he says this. If somebody else preaches an imitation grace or another grace that I preach to you, let him be doubly cursed. Do you realize that if you start mouthing or preaching another gospel, you invite a double curse on your life? So God is so serious about grace that Paul says if an angel or anybody else preaches a different gospel, and what you find is this, the gospel is called grace. Paul said, I, I gave you the gospel of grace. And even the gospel of grace is God's own message. Now, now watch this. So, it, so God says this, grace has arrived with its own instructions. So from here on end, from the 20th of November 2022, you need to let go of every instruction of how to be successful other than God's word. You're also going to learn this. If when you understand the second coming, you understand the purpose of a family. When we talk about grace, when we talk about the second coming, you will understand that we're coming close to the second coming because there is an attack on the family. An attack on the family is a sign of end times. And that, so you're going to... Uh, I've, this, this can actually be a whole year's message. I'm just preparing you. Is when you understand grace, then you realize it only takes one member of the family to get the whole family, family blessed. Ooh. We'll, we'll get there. Let me, let me give you the definition of grace that God gave me this morning. You have to continually reject grace to receive judgment. You have to continually reject grace to receive judgment. Now watch this. This is a lot of, when, you, when you're not flowing in the word, you see he who sins must die, and we take that without understanding the full, full uh, concept of that. You will find this, that every time there is a judgment of God, you have to reject grace to receive that judgment. You're kind of looking at me. We're not, we, we, we go, oh man, judgment is coming, judgment is coming. But you cannot preach judgment without preaching grace. Just, uh, this is my church, right? I, I, can, I can say things that I can't say elsewhere. <laughs> because you're smart. You will find in Scripture, every time before God judged someone, He gave them grace. Sodom and Gomorrah, what was grace? It was by the man of faith, but Abraham, God says, how can I do something without talking to him? And what was the grace? What, what if there's 50 righteous? I'll spare it. Called grace. 
See, what we, what we need to understand in Scripture is because when we don't understand grace, when we don't understand that grace has arrived, it doesn't say judgment's arrived. Judgment was there. But you've got to continually reject grace. What does that mean? That you, before you pass away and come into judgment, you have a life, and in that life, you've got to keep rejecting every time God speaks to you. So for you to receive something negative means you have, you have rejected something positive. You're very, is this okay? Somebody say okay. <laughs> well, see, to understand the depth and the love of God, you start to see that before the judgment seat, there is a grace seat. And I have to bypass, reject one to get to the other. See, you've got to fight your way into the courtroom. For this purpose was the Son of God manifest, that he might destroy the works of the enemy. We read it today, John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him shall not be judged. So, oh, let, let me show you this. When a Christian or a believer is scared about the second coming with the judgment of God, they don't understand grace. Now watch this. Now, let's go. The disciples have now come into an era that they realize Jesus is going. But they know that Jesus is coming back. So they ask a question about, Jesus, when are you coming back? Look at Matthew 24, verse 36 to 39. Concerning that day and the exact hour, no one knows when it will arrive. I've always wondered about that first comment. Because The way a natural man thinks that hasn't had a regenerated soul and spirit says, well, Jesus is not coming back till 2030, so therefore I don't have to worry about anything, and when the day comes, I'll be prepared. So no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, only the Father knows. For it will be as in the days of Noah. Now I want you to hear something really interesting, right? is that they're asking him about the second coming and he introduces Noah into the concept and the idea of the second coming. He, he doesn't introduce, he just doesn't go, this, I'll just tell you what's going to happen. He introduces this man called Noah. And when the Son of Man appears before the flood, people lived in their lives eating, drinking, Marrying and having children. So what, what's he saying there? Eating, drinking, marrying and having children is not going to stop. And those of you that are going out for lunch say. <laughs> so that means there's always going to have the food. There's always going to be drinking. There's always going to be marrying. There's always going to have children. They don't realize that the end was near until Noah entered the ark. So the sign that judgment was going to come was when Noah entered the ark. And so, so now we've got Noah, we've got the flood, and we've got the ark. You, you good? 
So introduction into the second coming, he introduces a man by the name of Noah. He introduces the time and what's going to be happening. He's introducing the flood. And then he introduces, introduces this word called the ark. And then suddenly the flood came and took them away in judgment. So what was it? The, the judgment comes in after the man, after the ark, after the door is closed. So judgment is the last bit, not the first bit. It will happen in the same way the son, when the Son of Man appears. So God says this, if you understand this event that happened, you will be prepared for the second event. So God is unveiling our eyes. I want you to learn how to read the times that you're living in. So what we have here, and he introduces Noah. So Noah and the second coming are intertwined. Now, let's, so let's deal with the first person. He introduces this man called Noah. Now, can I, can I ask you to do something really seriously for me? I want you to disregard every movie of the flood that you have ever seen. I was so disappointed. <laughs> the last Noah movie, Silver and I saw, somebody gave us a, you know, a gold class tickets. So I decided to make a date out of it, right? So I took their survey, we had dinner, we spent like $200 on food. I thought, man, this is going to be a great day. I'm going to take her out and we're going to see Noah. <laughs> Black magic, uh, somebody goes into the ark, starts killing the animals, so we've just destroyed 20 species of animals. I, mean, was... I understand um, artistic license. It's artistic butchery. <laughs> it's interesting to note that most people are educated about Bible events by movies. You know, what? I used to watch Jesus movies and Jesus was blonde, blonde hair and looked like he lived in California. <laughs> Jesus was the only non-Jew looking in the Bible. Every, everybody else had bushy beards, curly hair, he was blonde. Had a white dressing gown on. So I, I, what we need to do, okay? I'm, I'm just, I'm helping. I, listen, if you do want to watch them, please watch them, but don't feed your spirit. Feed your mind. Have a laugh. <laughs> now, I, I've got that movie, and I think I've I got it under the comedy section. <laughs> okay, okay. So th let's have a look at... My iPad stopped working. Here we go. Oh, here we go. Oh, now it's working. Thank you, Jesus. Watch it. In Genesis 5, we have the first mention. Now, I want you to, when you're reading the Bible, the quickest way, if you want to learn, the Bible explains the Bible. So if you even, if, even if you haven't got any other commentaries, right, what you do is you pick out a word and then look at it. When is the first time it's mentioned? It's called the first mention principle. So when God introduces something, he also defines it and tells you how it's used. Now, watch this. So here we have the first time Noah is mentioned in Genesis 5.29. And he named him Noah. Now, pause for a moment, please. 
in when... How, can I ask a question, uh, parents? How did you choose your kids' names? Oh, okay. I'll answer it for you. <laughs> we choose our kids' names because we were on a mum and dad and the fourth and the fifth and sixth cousin. That, yeah. so, so the way the names were mentioned, God put the character and the destiny of the person into the name. So therefore you have Abram, and then God says, I'm changing your destiny. The moment he changed his destiny, he changed his name. Because when you know your name, you know your destiny. That is why it's so important for you to know that you are in Christ. It's because you know that you're the son of God that changes your destiny. Outside of God, you have a terrible destiny. But then you become a son of God, you get a new name, you become like Christ, you get a new destiny. Oh, that's a good message. I wish I could remember what I just said. This is brilliant. I'll have to look at it. Okay. Saying, listen, this is the name. This is, Jesus says, I want you to understand this man. And he says this. And he named him Noah, saying, this one shall bring us rest and comfort from, from our work and from our dreadful toil of our hands because the ground which the Lord cursed. The um, ESV translation says it like this. This one shall bring relief from our work and from the painful toil of our hands. This is the reference when Adam sinned, he said this. The ground will fight you. The animals will fight you. The oil will fight you. The gold will fight you. Everything is going to be toil to bring it up. Do you realize how much work it takes to drill for oil? To dig for gold. What happened at the curse is that everything that came to men without effort now required effort. Do you realize something really deep for relationships? With, before the curse, you didn't have to fight for to have a good relationship. It was just there. You didn't need 25 points how to love your husband or how to love your wife. You know, how do you, everything came to you. You didn't have to have any effort. So what we find is that this goes all the, his, his name goes all the way to the fall. And he goes this. And then he introduces the curse. So now you understand that all of a sudden in the name Noah is the book of Galatians. The book of Galatians said, Cursed is he that hangs on a tree. We'll deal with that a little bit more. I love the ESV. This one shall bring us relief from our work and from our painful toil of our hands. Now skip with me to the New Testament where Jesus is at the, uh, at the festival. He says, come to me all you who are weary and heavy. What? What's he quoting? He's not talking to farmers that, hey, you know, we're, we're finding it. People were finding it hard to live. People were under economic strain, physical strain, emotional strain. And he says, and he named him saying, Noah, saying, this one shall bring us rest, comfort from our work, 
and from the dreadful toil of our hands because of the ground which the Lord cursed. So here is this. You say, when you understand this, you understand when the curse is broken. So when the curse is broken, you get rest, you get comfort, things don't fight you. Wow. Everybody say, wow. So wherever there is stress, the activity of the curse is active. Because the presence of God brings peace, joy, comfort. So if there is striving, it's not of God. Look at, let's go to Genesis. This is just a foundational. Genesis 6, 8 to 9. Now watch, it goes, And Noah found favor and grace in the eyes of the Lord. These are the records of the generations, his family history of Noah. Noah was a righteous man, one who was just, and had the right standing with God, blameless in his evil generation, Noah walked or lived in habitual fellowship with God. This is the first time in the Bible the word grace is introduced into the vocabulary of humankind. Going back to the first mention principle. And he says, And Noah found grace in the eyes of the... Lord, what does that tell you? That you cannot find it from the person sitting next to you. You can only find grace and favor from God, no one else. Because when you find favor with God, it overrules any activity the person next to you is destroying. So what we've done here, what 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 the Holy Spirit is doing here, He's realigning us, and He's saying grace can only be found in the Lord. Now listen to the comment that I put here below. Grace, God designed this word to be um, to be defined by His word and by His word only. If you want 2023 to look different from 2022, you're going to have to remove every definition of grace that is not from heaven. You good? Because it's only the grace of heaven that changes earth, not hard effort or human effort. And Noah found favor. Do you know what? In, uh, in Hebrew literature, Noah is famous for. He found favor in resting and doing nothing. Think about it. Just, just watch this. Noah found favor in resting in God and doing nothing. Let, let's just think about this. All the religious activities we do. Um, let me just put this out to you. 
When you are in, you will never get tired of practicing grace. You can only get tired of practicing the ritual of grace. What is the ritual of grace? Now watch this very carefully, because you're really clever. You're really clever. You are really clever. Those watching online, you're really clever. When you don't understand grace, you can imitate what grace people do, but you cannot get their results because you don't know what they believe. Um, okay, to, to give you an illustration of this, uh, Pastor uh, Dr. Yongi Cho was one time accused of teaching wrong, uh, what's his name, uh, wrong heresies and stuff like that. And he mentioned this story. There was this group of young people that um, were coming to a Christian meeting. And it was in a village. And the river was at flood. And somebody out of that group said this. Hey, you know what? Um, Peter walked on the water and all of that. So we can do the same. They all walked and drowned. The newspaper report was, you know, um, Dr. Yong Cho's teaching on faith, da, da, da. Now watch this. When you look at that situation worldly, you go, wow, that's sad, correct? But here's the problem what we do. Natural man looks at the activity that comes from the belief system, not the belief system. Let's, take that, let's talk about marriage for a little bit. All those that are married, those want to get married. You can copy what a good marriage does, but that doesn't mean you'll have the same marriage. Let me give you a key. When you see good fruit in any relationship, whether it's financial, emotional, don't become a fruit examiner, become a belief examiner. See, if I see that you've got a great marriage and I want it, I will not tell you what do you do, what flowers do you buy, where do you go out, what perfume do you buy, what, what chick flicks do you watch that your wife is happy. Oh, you don't do that. You know what you do? I go, what do you believe? What is it that you believe that gives you this fruit? Come on, <laughs> smile at me. Because we have been inundated with books about fruit examination, Instead of belief examination. Jesus always said, well, what is it that you believe? Jesus said to the, when the blind, uh, two blind men came, he says, do you believe I can do this? Do you what? Believe that I can do this. And isn't it interesting? He puts in what he believed before what he can do. Ooh. I'm enjoying myself. <laughs> See, the, the, the reason being is, because God is setting us up for 2023 for growth and multiple things. And now is the time for preparation. Now, so what is Noah known for? Resting in God and doing nothing. Now, you will find what, where we get that thing. I want you to notice, so the second thing we find is that God told Noah to make an ark. Now, so, so watch this. People are doing everything they're doing, and God says, I want you to introduce this, this thing I'm going to create. It's going to be called an ark. And you know what he was telling Noah? The people that will see it will not have any reference to what it is. You will have to explain it. 
So God says to Noah, I'm going to get you to build that something that no one has seen. So therefore, God becomes the architect of, and the builder of something that man has not experienced yet. So people will do this. What is it? What are you building? He goes, building a boat. What's a boat for? Water. But we're, we're miles away from any body of water. So here's our, here's our problem. God introduces grace, and the world doesn't know what it is. So the world doesn't know what it is, and because we don't stand up and teach what it is, they get their own definition. So he goes to Noah, and he goes, number one, I am the architect and builder. I'm going to give you what it is. I'm going to give you dimensions. And this thing is going to be called an ark. And what I want you to do, it's designed to have only one entrance and a window from above. So at one level, you don't see anything. The only way the light comes through it is from the top. He gives them something that there is no other reference to except God. Therefore, means that if you see it, you've got to go to God and say, God, what is it? What is the purpose for it? So he, he says, I want you to create it with one door, and guess what this? The door is not a door didn't have any hinges. God was the hinge and the closer of the door. So he says, I want you to make a door, but you're not going to have any hinges because you are not going to close it because you don't decide who goes in or who goes out. I make the decision. And I make the decision when to shut it, not you. Oh, 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 oh. Come on. How many religious things do we have how to enter the presence of God? You can't enter it if you don't have a three-piece suit. Women can't enter it unless they've got dresses all the way up to their big toes. Have <laughs> you noticed how many things that people have made different doorways? God says, you know what he said about his ark, which we're going to find is called Grace. He goes, there's only one door, and I determine who goes in, and I determine who stays out, not you, Noah. You good? And then, here's the thing that you'll find out how Noah got his name. There was no navigational equipment on the ark. Can you imagine? Just think of this, right? If you, get a, you go buy a car and you walk in, there's seats, there's air conditioning, there's everything, but there's no steering wheel, no accelerator, no brake. And you go, ah, oh, yes, excuse-moi. Um, yeah, oh, yeah, the car decides where it wants to go, not you. So, so, so hold, hold on, hold on. So you want me to hop into a car? It, it hasn't, you haven't got past the survey. She always makes fun of me. See, Sulve has this photographic map memory. 
You know, every time we go into another country, you know what Sylvie does? She gets out of the plane, and the first thing she does is not thank me for letting it, you know. She just goes, which way is north? And she goes, da, 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 da. I goes I'm good now. I don't need, I don't need Mac, Mr. Google. So she goes, I relax. When she, when, seriously, when, when she gets in the car, I don't have to do anything. I just drive. She tells me where to go. It's called remote control. It's great. The peace of mind I get, I don't have to. Anyway, I just wanted to put that in. But he goes like this, watch this. He goes, I want you to put yourself in total and utter dependence on me. I'll shut the door. I'll cause the flood. And I'll determine where to go and how to get there. I will look after you. What is it saying? The Ark of the Covenant looks after you. You don't look after the Ark. That means you don't have to worry what's going to, am I going to get judged? You don't have to worry about it because you're in the Ark. You good? See, one of the things that grace does, it says, I am going to protect you from what everybody else is going through. So there's an Ark of financial protection. Did you realize that? There's a, people, people are now worried over the fourth wave. People, I was asked, are you, Ted, are you, Pastor Ted, are you worried? No. Why? I've got a reserved business class seat in the ark. I won't even know what's happening because there are no windows near my seat. If I want light, I've got to look up. You good? So the ark says this, you don't have to direct it. You know what that means? Just watch carefully. Grace will always take you to success and prosperity and peace. You don't have to try to get there. When you go into the ark, it will take you to health. See, what, one of the things that we've been taught is that we've got to be secure. secure. We got, you know, it's all about us. It's all about us. No, it's all about the ark. Now, you, you good? This is just the beginning. Now, look at Genesis 6, verses 18, because most people feel like this. Pastor Silva uh, uh, used that scripture. Now there is no condemnation. See, one of the things about the ark, it's not dependent on you. It's dependent on someone. Now, look at 16.8. I'm sorry, 6.18. Out of the voice. I will make a pact with you. This is God talking to Noah. A covenant agreement to survive. You and your family, you, your wife, your sons, and your sons' wives must go into the ark. Now watch this. When we go back to the scripture, he says, did the wife find favor with God? Kick up. Paul, can we go back to the, the Genesis 5.29, please? Thank you, Paul. Now watch this. And he named him Noah, saying, this one will bring, uh, to rest of the whole I know, it's the 6, sorry, Genesis 6, 8, 9. But Noah found grace in the, in the eyes of the Lord. I want you to notice something. He doesn't say that the whole family deserved it. He just said only one member of the family deserved it. You with me here? 
So God says, he doesn't say this. You need to sort of see this because this will take some of the, some of the rubbish off you. He says, but Noah found favor in the grace of God, in the eyes of the Lord. He doesn't talk about his wife. So he says, the entrance into the ark was the people who had relationship with Noah. Ooh. So you might say, you know, Ted, my husband's not saved. Hey, your husband is so blessed to have you saved because he gets the privileges of God by living with you. You know, you get all these people saying silly things or or now that I'm saved, I probably need to find another husband. No, you don't need another husband. The grace in your life will change your husband. You're going to go through a lot of husbands unless you get this. You're going to go to God and you says, God, I'm really tired. Why are you tired? Do you realize how many times I had to walk down that aisle? You should look, look at the size of my thighs. They're so muscly. Because every month I'm walking with another guy. See, what, what he's saying here is that it just only takes one person and there's an overflow. So what's happening here is, let's go back here. And I will make a pact with you, Noah. A covenant agreement. To survive, you and your family, your wife, your sons. Would you mind not doing that? Everybody put your, that that was, (laughs) I thought, we've totally lost my track now. You and your wife, your sons. And then he says this, right? So watch this. He goes, whoever is related to you, Noah, will get the same blessings as you. Now that when you become born again, guess who you're related to? Jesus. Now watch this, watch this, watch this. That I get what Jesus has because of relationship, not because of how good I am. Think about this. And then let's finish it. I worship him if you like to come up. But then he says this. He puts a clause in it. He goes, this only works in the ark, not outside of the ark. Smile at me. It doesn't come to you by observing what God has done. It comes to you by entering what God has done. Church is not by observation. It is by entrance. So have you, have you noticed when you start to, you must go in. Isn't it in, you know, interesting? You know, last week we had communion. We're going to have communion next week. The Bible says, eat ye all of it. Do you, know, do you know the problem that we have is that most people are staring at grace, singing about grace, worshiping grace, but only from the outside. What did David say? What do you long for? I long to be in the house of God. Not in the courts of God, not outside, but inside. And he says this, if you have a relationship Go into the ark, and what I've promised Noah, I will do to you. 
I want you to notice this. Is before the judgment of the world, the ark was finished. So the judgment couldn't commence until the ark was finished. Think about this. You know what gives you the right to judge people? Is understanding grace. The only person that could judge is God, and God understands grace, and God says, I don't even judge. We are not to judge the world, neither are we to judge ourselves. But God says this, Noah and his family got the same benefit as Noah because they were family, not, be, not because they deserve it. So just, just right now, what do you feel that you don't deserve? Okay, can we go up a little bit? Can I ask a question? Does, if Jesus was sick, does he deserve healing? Okay, does Jesus deserve to have all of his needs met plus more? <laughs> You're very quiet today. You know, can I just say, you know why we're quiet? We're almost too scared to say it. I, I know I was. I'd, I'd, I'd say things deep. I wouldn't even whisper them. I, I used to go, I am the righteousness of Jesus Christ. Oh, excuse me, Pastor Victor, am I the righteousness of Christ? It's all right. You can say it, but if I say it, that's pride. The Bible says this, and, and this is just the foundation of where we're going for. Because the second coming comes in when the church and the bride understand grace. You will not understand the second coming without understanding grace. You will misinterpret everything when you don't understand grace. Going back to what I've said, for you to get judgment, you have to continue to reject grace. And, and, and as a believer right now, you need to elevate yourself is this. is what Now watch this. Now watch this very carefully, and I'm going to close on this. We talked about there's only one door, correct? Do you realize what happened was there wasn't, you know, you looked at the movies and there's always two ropes near the, for the, end, the door, correct? In reality, there was no ropes. What happened was this. When it was finished, Noah was going, okay, listen, guys, come in, right on my back. I found favor, and if you become a part of me, why don't we all walk in and we're going to be safe? The outer elements will not come in. And when the time was done, God said this, Noah, you don't determine when the day is done. I do. And he said, now I will close the door. You know what that means? Listen to me carefully. This is called eternal salvation. You can't get out. Just think, Pastor Ted, what if I lose my salvation? You can't God close the door. What, 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 you know, I used to be so scared. Uh, so we, we used to have this kind of teaching. If you're in the cinema and Jesus comes back, he's not going to, you know, he's not, you're, going to get, you're going to miss out. You're going to come out of the cinema. <gasps> we were scared to go anywhere. Because what if? But the thing is, God closed the door. Do you realize that Noah could not escape? 
even if he wanted to. God says, I've just blocked the entrance. Why? Because your family. When you have kids that don't understand what's happening and they're going to fall off a cliff or something, what do you do? You grab them forcefully. Come on. When, when you've got kids walking on, on, on near the edge and they're playing around, what do you, you, don't, you don't go, hey, I'm just going to watch you fall and then you'll learn. No! You do that, it's called child abuse. What do you do? You grab him even if they fight you. You go, no, no, no. I'm here to keep you safe. So you need to relax a little bit. You've got, you got to do a Noah. You know what you've got to do this week? What are you doing? I'm doing a Noah. What's a Noah? I'm resting and doing nothing. Why? Because the ark is safe. God's got the driving. God knows where he's going. Do you know where he's going? I don't know, but I know he's going to be good. So you know right now, I'm not going to take it for granted and for those of you watching online. If you're not a part of the family, you can't get into the ark. I, I'm so sorry. Why? Because there's only one door. And God says, for you and your family. So today, if you don't know Jesus as your Savior, you're not family. But when you say, Jesus, I believe you died for me. I, I, I believe you rose again. I believe you took all my sin. I receive you. You become a part of the family. And the moment you become a part of the family, God says you have a reserved seating in, in heaven class. It's okay. I'm going to protect you. So look, I'm going to pray this prayer. And I want everybody to pray it. The reason I want you to pray it now is I want you to know if, if you get condemned, you go, no, no. If I didn't know, then I know now. We're going to receive Christ. For those watching online, all you need to do is pray this. Now, come on, I want you to stand with me. Come on, come on stand with me. Father, right now, we just come to an amazing moment. Why don't you pray, for, pray this prayer? Repeat after me. Father, I come to you in Jesus' name. I know that Jesus died for me. He rose again from the dead for me. He paid for all my sins. And now I receive Him as my Lord and Saviour. And now I'm a part of your family. You are my Father. And now I thank you. I'm in the ark. I'm safe. I'm secure. I have all my needs met. In Jesus' name. Amen. So today, come on, give the Lord a clap. Your job this week is to do a Noah every morning. When trouble comes, I'm resting and doing nothing. Why aren't you frantic? I'm resting and doing nothing. Why aren't you worried? I'm resting and doing nothing. Shouldn't you have 24 jobs? I'm resting and doing nothing. Grace is I'm resting in God's Word and doing nothing because He's done it all for me. Hey, God bless you. We'll continue the series next week.